they are currently drilling holes above the main window of the living room to attach holders for the curtain rails. And while they are working there, I'm stepping outside of the rectory into the cold autumn air of the town of Bennecombe, where I've been living since last week, since last Monday. It's been a while since we talked, and, well, as you may have guessed, that has something to do with this entire situation here. Uh, for those of you that are new to the, to the podcast, I have moved uh, recently to a new home in a, in a town after uh, about six months of, of uh, basically staying in a loft, a small loft on the attic of the rectory of a friend of mine, Father Henry. And in the meantime, we've been um, renovating this house. And the, <laughs> the entire project took about half a year longer than I expected. There was so much to be done. Uh, we had to redo almost everything. Only the walls of the house are still standing and all the rest uh, had to be renovated and in many cases replaced because this house was built in the 50s when money was tight. They wanted to start a new church here. This is um, a village that used to be predominantly Protestant, but there were also a lot of people living and working here uh, from Catholic neighboring villages and towns. And so they wanted to have their own church. That is why in the 50s they built this church dedicated to uh, the Virgin Queen Mary. It's a rare name in, in the Netherlands. It's Virgo Regina Maria uh, in Latin. And it was, uh, it was a church that was uh, built by a, a, one of the priests back then that was known for his building skills and his uh, contacts. He, he was just very well um, connected with all sorts of people that knew how to build churches. And sometimes they would just send these priests from one place to another to basically start new communities. That is what happened here. The thing is, the 50s was still uh, economically a difficult time in the Netherlands. Uh, it was still the, the time where... We were rebuilding the country after uh, the Second World War. And so money was usually tight, especially for these new projects. And they had to work with, uh, with just few resources and still try to make something quickly. And that is why the church and also the neighboring rectory are, um, well, not exactly uh, prime quality. However, since I hope to live here for a couple of years... Um, I thought it's, it's, it's better to um, renovate the entire house before I move in than while I'm already living there because then, you know, you just, you don't have a life. <laughs> and if you heard this noise, this is only a tiny little bit of what was going on for the past six months. Um, renovation was so thorough that it almost uh, looked like we were rebuilding a rectory instead of just renovating it. I'm currently heading for a local store here. I have to get one more uh, 20 centimeter holder for these curtain rails. 
because, well, we just lack one. The curtains are a little bit heavier than we expected. And that's been my life for six months, is constantly, um, uh, well, not renovating myself, because thankfully I have people that do that for me, um, that I hire to, uh, to, to make sure that it gets done, and it gets done well. But it is a, an ongoing, uh, I, I would call it a burden because I'm not very good at it. It's an ongoing uh, uh, trial almost where, where you constantly have to make decisions. Many, many decisions every single day. And you have to uh, make choices when it comes to the overall uh, functionality of the house. You have to make choice about the colors, about the materials used, about what to purchase, what not. Uh, of course, I also have to work with limited budgets, so there is a lot of um, counting, counting <laughs> the resources and see what, what can we do within the confines of uh, uh, what, well, what is available. Let me just get into the store here, and uh, I'm happy that they have this. Um, a store with building materials very close to the rectory <clears throat> because it's uh, the other store where I usually get the bigger stuff is I have to take the car and it's about half an hour from here uh, let me see we got paint we've got screws um, attachment material I might as well just ask because um, every do-it-yourself store is different in terms... I actually don't even know if they have stuff for curtains, but I'm about to find out. This is garden material, electronics. I feel like I've been in every section of this, <laughs> this store. And I've learned a lot over these past six months when it comes to renovation and what is possible and how you do things and... Um, so, yeah, I could probably start a side business. Uh, goedemorgen. Ik heb een 20 centimeter um, haakje nodig om de gordijnen aan vast te maken. Hebben jullie dat? Een haakje? Nou ja, het is een soort van ophanghaak waar dan zo'n rails aan, aan ja. uh, komt. Maar hebben jullie die uh, nog... Uh, ja? Ze hebben zoeken. Bedankt trouwens nog voor de tip van, uh, van die beugels. Ja? Dat was inderdaad, dat scheelde echt een hoop, zeg. Ja? Ja, dat was echt... Uh, en goed spul, ja, gewoon uit Duitsland. Ja, dat weet ik, maar het gevoel dat het aas is. Mensen die zitten kijken eroverheen, die gaan naar de mediamarkt. De ja, precies. Als je blaar, ja. dan ben je 60 euro meer kwijt. Nou, ja. precies. En daarvan heeft de verkoper ook nog weer 30... Uh... Ja, ook nog weer. <laughs> oh, super. Very good. Okay, here we are. This is 20 centimeters. Oh, this is exactly what I need. And it is even cheaper than the store where I bought it. Sorry for the Dutch. I got a tip the other day. I was looking for um, uh, something you could... Uh, how do you call these? These visa mounting brackets for... Uh, I've got a number of TVs that I need to hang on the wall or that I want to hang on the wall. But these visa brackets usually uh, are just very expensive. Let me just uh, go and pay for this. Goedemorgen. Ik had deze, alstublieft. All right. Yeah. So. Alright. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Fine day.
people are super friendly here in this village. Uh, that's one of the things I appreciate about living here. Um, despite, of course, the fact that I no longer have a parish. Um, and so they don't know me as one of the pastors here. Uh, it's still small enough for people to know one another. And especially the stores, of course, they they know that they... Uh, well, they benefit from having good relationships with their customers, which in the bigger cities is less obvious because there is a town of Ede here, uh, not far from here, where I usually do the shopping for the, the big... They have the, the big warehouse, do-it-yourself stores. But it's much more like these chain stores and, uh, well, they couldn't care less. It's just teenagers working there. They couldn't care less about who is walking into their stores. They're selling their stuff anyway. Um, so I was, I was talking with the owner. I think, uh, I'm not sure if he's the owner. He kind of feels like the owner here of the place uh, the other day when I was looking for those visa brackets. And he said, well, I don't have them, but uh, you have to go to this and this store. Don't go to the big uh, media market stores because they will upsell you on these huge, hugely expensive, overly expensive brackets that add nothing, um, but you're just paying for the brand. And, uh, and they're, they're also the sellers in those stores, they get a commission on every um, thing they sell. So I, go to this store, they gave me the address, and you'll probably be okay for about like 25 to 30 bucks a bracket, which normally, you know, at the media market, I'd already done some research online. It's like 100 and, 120 easily. So I got three brackets. It saved me more than 100 bucks, probably. Um, and so that's, <laughs> I was thanking him for that tip. And uh, over the past six months, I've been doing lots of these hacks, basically, to to try to economize on on everything and you know looking online for the cheapest tiles that, that are still good quality for the bathroom and oh my gosh <laughs> you get to know the prices you get to know what's available on the market and then sometimes for the for the, the important stuff like for the kitchen uh, you want to have quality especially for the appliances you know you can go cheap but then when it breaks um, you get no warranty or it is hard to repair. And so for everything that involves heavy use in day-to-day life, uh, I wanted to have something that is uh, reliable. It doesn't have to be luxury, but it has to be you know, good quality. So anyway, that is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that I've been uh, super busy these past few weeks. Let me bring you back in time. Um, to the last week that I was recording my shows, I was still at the rectory of Father Henry. Fall was starting, and temperatures were starting to drop as well. As you know, I had a lousy internet connection there that constantly break, broke. And it was not just slow, because it was a copper connection, but it was also daisy-chained by volunteers and it was a total mess, and so the internet connection would have these mini breaks, hiccups, which made streaming almost impossible, which is a huge handicap for the kind of work that I do. Plus, uploading a TV show was also uh, impossible. I had to uh, sometimes just lo- load it onto an SD card, drive to 
Amersfoort handed over to <laughs> someone I knew there who would then bring it to the tele- to, to the broadcasting company it's just I mean okay that's okay for you know one or two times but I didn't see myself doing that for another half year so that was one of the reasons that I was so waiting for this move to happen and then um, all of a sudden the temperature started to drop now I'm kind of used to cold temperatures because I've been running of course I've been training for the marathon of Rotterdam that is going to happen in a few days from now on Sunday uh, in, in Rotterdam and so I've been training outside but even then you know when it's 14 degrees Celsius I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit but it's cold and the heating doesn't work it gets really tough to stay there and um, the, the so the heating uh, didn't work I had this little um, heating how do you call it like a little stove or something like that but that's just direct heat and as soon as you turn it off which you have to do during the night because it's very expensive it uh, temperature really drops almost instantly back to what it was let me open the door here hand over these uh, brackets and then we'll continue our our walk Uh, still have lots of keys also from father henry's rectory i need to bring those back go oh wow that's very convenient to have this hardware store close by alrighty nou ze hadden gewoon uh, precies dezelfde volgens mij iets ander merk maar wel exact dezelfde lengte en dit is de die overwas helemaal rood dus uh, ik ga nog eventjes verder wat opnemen maar als er iets is uh, dringends dan uh, bel maar even dan weet u mij te vinden <laughs> koffieapparaat dat uh, Oh, ik zal even uh, koffiemelk meenemen. Helemaal goed. Jo, oké. Okay. En? Koekjes, oké. Okay. <laughs> They need coffee, milk and cookies. Or co- cream for the coffee and cookies. I thought that I was going to continue uh, the recording for a few... Well, I don't know how, how much time it will take me. But um, it's funny that uh, the people that have been working here... They have their own rhythm, so they usually start at 8.30. So I need to get ready pretty early in the morning, especially if I have to uh, squeeze in my my run and everything. And then uh, coffee break is around... Right now, what time is it? Take a look. It is uh, 9.30, so probably at 10. And then lunch is at 12 or 12.30. And that was one of the challenging things is constantly to adapt my own schedule, which is slightly different to the schedule of the people working here. And then between Wageningen and Bennekom, I was taking my bike, which takes about 20 minutes to go from one place to another, which is nice. I mean, it's relatively close by. But if you have to do that four times a day, (laughs) that too just took a lot of time. Uh, So because it was getting so cold and then... What the other thing, when you have an attic that is so cold, it also starts, and it was raining a lot, it gets very humid as well. And the cold was just getting into my bones. I could tell while running that I had you know, pain in my joints, and it's not from running too much. It's literally the cold and the dampness, and it was affecting my health, and I was getting a bit worried. 
since the date of the... Uh, wait, did I just walk by the... Oh, walk by the supermarket. No, I'll just go to the other supermarket. <laughs> you know, there's even a difference in... In, in style in the supermarkets like uh, this one is close, closest by but they're really kind of picky on on you know you have to take one of those baskets with you and they they, they really check that and so I, I'm, I'm just afraid that if I walk in with this microphone they'll start complaining about that as well this one is a little bit more I don't know friendlier it's funny how sometimes you just have this first impression like someone berated me for not having like the little basket and like I just need coffee cream you know yeah but it's policy it's our rules and it's like okay I'll just go to another supermarket and maybe I'll get berated here too <laughs> you never know anyway I guess they'll just have to get used to podcasting customers um, let me see I need cookies and I need cream it's a luxury, really, to have like three big supermarkets at a distance of basically one street from one another. I've never had stores this close by, which is great for cooking. Like I can literally uh, be cooking and then I'm like, oh, but I, I need onions. And I just run outside and uh, like five minutes later, I'm back. Uh, where's the coffee cream? That must be... Is this... No, this is regular milk. Uh, let's see. Eggs. Here we are. Coffee cream. Let me just get a big bottle. Here we go. And then cookies. Let's see. Cookies, cookies, cookies. I need cookies because my sister is also coming over tomorrow. So you can never have enough cookies. Um, so I was, I was getting a bit worried about the effects of the cold and the dampness on my overall condition. And then to add insult to injury, Eric, our seminarian, who is going to be ordained a deacon uh, uh, very soon now, he, uh, he told me that the mice came back because it's cold outside and we have had mice upstairs on, in the attic uh, the first few months that I was staying there and I was like, okay, I'm so done now I, I don't want this anymore <laughs> you know, if I have to be cold I'd rather be cold in my own house and the reason that I didn't move or that I hadn't moved yet let me get these strope waffles, maybe those are nice or chocolate chip cookies uh, let me get these big ones I know that those are always good ah uh, Kanyers, they call them. Kanyers means like huge things. The Stroop wafers, they're really, really a staple cookie for the Dutch. Uh, let me see. Do they have self-scan? Uh, yeah, they have self-scan. I always like that. I won't freak out the personnel with my recording equipment. <laughs> All right, that's number one. And then that's number two. And then I need to scan a card for benefit. I'm not going to do that. Pay. Uh, there we go. Very good. And you get this barcode to open the small gates. I do this a lot in the Netherlands, these self-scan things. I really love it. 
it's oftentimes a lot faster than standing and waiting in line. And I'm always waiting in the wrong line anyway. So the reason that I didn't move into the into the rectory, even though a lot of the work was already finished, was uh, the fact that I didn't have central heating. The uh, some of the radiators were broken and had to be replaced. Um, other radiators just didn't fit anymore. Um, a lot of them also dated date back to the 50s. I said they're old and clunky and uh, had to be replaced. So we had seven radiators that had to be replaced. And we, uh, we asked a local installation company here for a quote. And it was super expensive. It was like more than 6,000 euros, which is a lot for, you know, seven radiators. And of course, never we didn't budget for that at all. We didn't budget for, like, I, I would say 80% of all the costs that we, we've had. So there was a lot of back and forth with the parish on whether or not that would be acceptable. And, uh, yeah, very tricky. Thankfully, of course, uh, the, the parish, you can't just ask the parish to pay for all this renovation. I, I understand because they have so many other buildings and churches that they need to, ma- to maintain. On the other hand, I can't pay everything out of pocket, even though I saved up a lot over the past 20 years. To for especially exactly for this, I remember that I think I've already shared this that uh, a while ago I was working with uh, You Need a Budget, which is a um, an, a program and it's now also a service that helps you um, manage your budget. And one of the things they said every dollar, it's an American company, has to have a purpose. And so I had saved a lot because that's how I was raised always you know, put aside some money, don't overspend, uh, see if you can get a discount so you can put away some money for situations where you need a buffer when something breaks. And so I've, I've really been raised very well with that principle, but uh, I never really thought about what exactly I was saving for. Maybe a car, but then again, I buy usually secondhand cars, or in this case, I, someone gave me a, an old car uh, that the person didn't need anymore, didn't use anymore. Um, so, but then I, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to call this my hobbit hole fund. And if I ever have to move, back then I had no idea that it would be so quickly, I'll, I'll have some reserve money to even maybe build a tiny house. You know, I was like, let, let me see if I can get a budget. Of course, I'm not there yet, but door to uh whatever happens oh here we go the uh, cookies the for the ah the keys job. yeah here's the keys i will give you the keys but then i don't have keys so maybe you well, should open the back door <laughs> maybe we could maybe we would not there you go thank you <laughs> all right they need the keys to the <laughs> but what's that here Coffee. Coffee. Coffee and kuchen. Coffee and kuchen. <laughs> they need to have the key of the parish, um, the coffee room where I've been storing my stuff for six months because there's still paint and, and materials uh, in storage there as well. The parish will also be super happy that I'm moving out with all my stuff because it was just unforeseen that it you know the, the basically their entire meeting uh space was has been occupied 
by foreign boxes for <laughs> six months as well. Thankfully, we've had a pretty long summer, so they were uh, able to um, drink coffee with the parishioners after the Sunday service uh, outside. But now that it's getting colder, of course, they want to be inside as well. Anyway, that's a detour. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so, yes, the radiators were super expensive. And then, so it took months for me to... Um, well, to get the green light, basically, because I then I found someone who is uh, who was supposed to help me with this on a voluntary basis, but then he wrote me back, like, this is way too much work, I live far away, I'm not going to do it. And then every time it would add weeks and sometimes months to the process, ultimately I found another um, a parishioner from a neighboring parish who has an installation company. And so I asked him to give me a second opinion on the quote and he said yeah it's kind of on the expensive side but it's not outrageously expensive after all this is a big operation you're replacing stuff from a a very old situation so that always requires extra work plus the radiators are um they've they've been recalculating the, the 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 heating i need um since that was also wrong i think it was based back then on a situation where you had hybrid heating where part of it was central heating and then part of it was uh, gas, these gas stoves that they had in the middle of the room so it's all like well that's what happens when you renovate you discover one thing after another and then it's always the dilemma how much is it going to cost do, can we afford this and do we have to do this <laughs> and sometimes you have you cannot let stuff that is broken sit there like the other day so the heating system was still out of function was not functioning was empty uh, because the when we finally got the green light for this company to install them we had to wait for them to order the radiators themselves the units which because of covid is delayed it's like there is a huge shortage um, like we, you know about the chip tr- shortage right for electrical devices well that's also the case with almost everything else so they couldn't even tell me when they could install, when they would install it. But anyway, I was like, it's 14 degrees Celsius here at the rectory of Father Henry. It's 14 degrees in my new home. Let me be cold in my own home. I'll figure it out. If necessary, I'll just build a campfire in the backyard. <laughs> As you know, I'm playing this uh, Viking game, Valheim where you constantly build houses and make campfires. So I was like, how hard can it be to do this in real life if I can do it in a game as a Viking? (laughs) And then last Monday, so Monday about a week ago, I moved in and I had to, of course, also bring all my equipment and all the stuff that I'd been um, stuffing my my, my small loft with. I had to bring that over uh, and install it, get it to work. And uh, another thing that I didn't have was lights. So their electricity wasn't finished. And internet. And there was no internet because the previous owner um, canceled the subscription. And then, of course, I... Well, I need to have my own subscription. Uh, But that takes a while. Plus, I wanted to sort it out. I wanted to make sure that I have the right provider and right kind of modems. Because this is a, a different house from where I used to live. In uh, my previous rectory, everything was wooden floors. 
So it's very easy for the Wi-Fi signal to go through the floors all the way up to the, you know, the upper parts of the house in the remote rooms. This is a mostly concrete house. And I know that gets more tricky. So one company is better than the other into making sure you have good Wi-Fi coverage. And there's new mesh technology that I had to look into, which didn't exist when, well, it wasn't developed as much when I got my previous uh, internet gear. So anyway, I did have water. <laughs> that was one thing. Oh, the kitchen also didn't work. <laughs> so last Monday, I was literally going on an adventure. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to move. I don't know. It may involve camping out until, I don't know, the end of November or maybe December before I have central heating. But what the heck, I'm just going to do it. Can't get any worse than this current situation. And of course, I'm super thankful to Father Henry and to the other students that live there for their hospitality and their patience with me over the past month. But just technically, this was un this, this was unfeasible. I it was just so much extra hassle to uh, live in in Wageningen at the rectory uh, because uh, one other thing that was tricky for me to handle was the, this uh, constant social uh, how do you call it social environment uh, Father Henry runs a busy rectory and literally runs it uh, in the sense that all these students they they need to you know eat, eat together there's there's all sorts of uh, social context that, that uh, social how you call it behavior that is required when you live in a group I can't just like live there as, a, as if the other people don't exist and uh, I don't mind they're super kind and everything um, but it does take energy especially for someone like me who <laughs> every once in a while really needs to be alone and uh, if only to think you know thankfully I was training for the marathon so I was outside a lot and I could use that time to to think, to develop ideas to, even when I'm like editing a show um, I, I need time to incubate in a certain way the, the, the ideas that I had while filming it and then figuring out how I'm going to edit the, the TV show and, and that too was hard, it was difficult to find a moment alone, sometimes early in the morning you would walk into the kitchen and there would already be people, which for my kind of rhythm is not the best. I just need to, especially in the morning, I'm still kind of processing, <laughs> waking up. It's not that I'm lazy or anything, but it's just a, a time where um, a, a lot of the ideas marinate in the morning. When I, when I go to a, one of the churches and I have to do a homily, it's during the mornings, in silence, when I'm making my coffee and preparing my breakfast. That's when I get the ideas for a homily. When there is constantly, like, social interaction, I don't have that time anymore. My brain can't compute. So anyway, many reasons for me to go on this adventure, start camping out here. And the first few days were really tough, especially the cold. The entire house has been without heating for more than six months. Um, So everything was also damp. The walls were... There's a lot of humidity in the air. And, uh, um, and sometimes it was colder inside than it was outside. Uh, 
Let me just walk over this. There are lots of branches that have fallen from the trees. I'm walking um, towards the woods. You can tell that this is an area where people like to walk their dogs because they're running around there barking at each other. But we've had a pretty big stormy night with thunderstorms and lots of wind. And uh, apparently that also caused many of the trees to lose their branches. Let me turn to the right here. Too many dogs. There are like five dogs running after one another. Here's just one dog. So that's that's okay. <laughs> Hello. I have to be a bit careful because I'm walking on sandals. Uh, I moved, I switched to walking on sandals because uh, my left foot, the side of my left foot is hurting a bit <clears throat> because I, um, I'm walking on my Sunday shoes now for, for a couple of months. And uh, because of COVID, I haven't been able to go buy new shoes because there's only one store that I know that sells uh, the Rockport shoes that I always wear and that are very good for my, for my feet. And so I only had one pair of ill-fitting Sunday shoes that I bought in a moment of utter desperation, not being able to find the Rockports anymore. And I think I, I caused some, I don't know, some bruising on my foot and so now I'm walking on sandals just to make sure that my feet get as much rest <laughs> as possible because in a few days I'm going to torture my feet for 42.5 kilometers during the marathon. Uh, so the it was cold and it was... But I it, it did feel good to be finally... It sounds weird, but to, finally, to be finally alone uh, and to have... The feeling that I'm back, you know, my life is mine again. It's, it's weird. I've been kind of living on other people's rhythm for, for half a year now. And it was good to, to be able to, to take charge of my own life again. Um, and then, I don't know, Providence just started kicking in. Uh, I got a phone call a few days later from the radiator company and they said hey we've we've got your stuff well um can we come tomorrow i was like wow that is fast and so in one day they got it back to work it's not entirely finished um so we discovered that there are some um radiators that are still have broken elements that need to be replaced plus i i i've noticed that you need to have these um temperature uh you call them knobs where you can put a separate radiator on a certain temperature um, because otherwise it's just on or off and when you want to have a nice warm living room it means that my study is also super warm you don't need that heat over there oh wow that's a big black dog there ah, serious black <laughs> these dogs love this kind of weather it's just racing through the woods here that's another grace of living here it's just nature i'm like in beautiful you wouldn't say that you're so close to my home right now because i'm surrounded by these huge tall trees um most of them are still green surprisingly there are other parts 
<clears throat> in the country where everything is already turning yellow and brown. Here, I don't know why, everything is still green. A few trees are starting to orange, getting, you know, turning to orange. Ah, this is what I was afraid of. <laughs> There's now something that snuck into my sandal, like a piece of wood or something. Ouch. Let's see if I can get that out. Ah, this feels like walking <laughs> the Camino again, where at the end of some of the days I would just wear sandals because my feet were so tired. And then you always get little stones in there. <laughs> oh, it's a hassle. Anyway, so, uh, so the heating was fixed. Um, we need to make some repairs, but most... I can... I, it's, it's unbelievable how much you appreciate heat when you have been lacking it for, <laughs> for a few weeks. Um, so that's nice. It's also very good for the house, of course, because all the humidity has to evaporate and the walls need to dry. And <clears throat> so it's in, in many ways just at the right moment that the radiator started working again. Uh, the electrician finished his work. We got the kitchen to work. Uh, all that in, in the past two weeks. So everything kind of came together and now we are installing the curtains or at least most of the curtains. We're gonna... Uh, what else? Oh yeah, so those bracket those mounting brackets we need to uh, drill some holes and that stuff it's not very difficult but i don't have even the equipment to drill holes so it's nice to have some people that know what they're doing because i'm always afraid that i'm ruining the walls of my neatly uh uh renovated rectory so anyway uh this is why uh it's been almost impossible to do any work <laughs> another thing that happened was uh, that I, I I've been in talks with the people re responsible uh, for my show at the broadcasting station as you know um, they, they, they told me that this would be the last season and that they wanted to have a different TV show uh, with different presenters potentially and there may be a small role for me in that show but I'm not really interested because <clears throat> first of all I'm, my mission is to bring Catholic content uh, that's what the, my bishop asks me to do I also find that pretty important because this work is I see that as missionary work I'm, I'm a, like a media missionary in a certain way if I have to make just entertaining light clips like light in terms of uh, uh, not much content for, for just a little segment in a, in a broader program that is uh, just vaguely relig religious. I'm not interested. It's, uh, it's a lot of work. It probably pays terribly and it, it will still keep the deadlines in my life, which is kind of the, one of the things that I wanted to get rid of uh, the most because it is so hard to combine with all my other responsibilities. So, but then when I announced that to a delegation or a council of the bishops, or um, advising council for the media, I've got something else in my, sand, in my right sandal now. Okay, it's out. They 
were shocked. Like, but this is one of the only Catholic programs left on Dutch TV. The, the only alternative that we have is Mass on Sunday. Well, that's, of course, geared towards the very, very involved Catholics. But it's not evangelizing anyone in, in the sense that it's, it's there for people that, that already go to Mass and, and want to still be able to follow Mass, uh, even though they are too old, maybe. And there's this one 15-minute program before Mass where it's just basically someone interviewing other people about their faith. But it's, it's just an interview. Whereas what I was doing was kind of quasi-documentaries, and not just in the Netherlands, also showing them the Vatican, telling stories about Catholic tradition in Europe. And it's highly appreciated uh, by the viewers, and it's doing actually quite well in terms of uh, ratings. So for the bishops, it was unthinkable that they would cancel that program, especially because it's paid for by the government. Uh, back then, when we still had a Catholic broadcasting company, um, they forced the, all these smaller broadcasting companies to merge with the bigger ones, and then there would be a special fund for religious programming and, and recognizable religious programming, not just like vague religious, like spiritual stuff, but something that actually, you know, has some content in it. Um, I understand the move. And to be frank, uh, I'm ready for the next level in, in my own television career, if you can call it like that. Uh, but as you know, I, I'd rather just focus. Oh, there's a little doggy running towards me super enthusiastically. I'm not your boss. Hey, dude. You're sniffing my toes. What are you doing? Hey. What are you doing? Go. Go, go, go. I think that whistle is for you, not for me. I think I made a friend. What is it with <laughs> these tiny animals? <laughs> like he's following me as if I'm his owner. <laughs> it's too funny. First it was a cat. Now it's a a wiener dog. <laughs> okay, I'll bring him back to the other dogs and then that will probably be the best thing to do. Oh, he's he's barking at some other dog. Hey, dude. Now don't jump up. Hey, shh. Hush. Hush, hush. All right, what is this here? <laughs> what is it with all these dogs? What is this? Snoyan. Oh! Uh, they're cutting down the branches of the trees. I hope I'm walk walking in the right direction, actually. This path is just turning in all directions. I see some parked cars. Well, we'll see. Can never be too far away from my home. So, they, the bishops asked me to re-enter negotiations and see if, for in one way or another, my program could continue, at least for, you know, another season. Which I, you know, I did. Um, and then was a lot of back and forth. But we told you that this was the last season and now all of a sudden you're changing your opinion. And it's like, that. you know what I want to do. You know that I, my ambition is to make bigger documentaries and make stuff that it's can also be shown on primetime instead of just these, you know, afternoons or really weird times where nobody's watching TV. I, I feel that... Um, I'm, I'm ready for something that is maybe even more, I don't know, uh, 
accessible, more you know, higher quality, so that people will 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 watch this that are maybe not Catholic and still learn something from it. Um, but I also represent the church in in this uh, uh, sphere, and I also understand the bishops that they want these Catholic stories to to be visible on television and to be able to show what we do as a church. After all, even though this is a secularized country, there's still millions of Catholics. And, and most of them are Catholics in name, but they're still part of our community and of our family, and they too have the right to be uh, represented on, on Dutch national TV. That's what the whole system is about. It's about representing all these different groups and cultures that we have in the Netherlands. And so you need to have specific Catholic programming as well as more broader spiritual programs. So it's, it's never fun to have to negotiate for your own you know, job in a certain way because that's how it feels. This is not... The, the TV work for me was always something I, I did as part of my mission, but it's not my entire mission. And um, uh, as you know, I, I'm, I'm like trying to restore some balance to my uh, uh, the, way, the kind of the investment of time because uh, I feel like like the TV work has taken up too much time so that I couldn't do my other work, which in the long run may be more important than what I do on TV. Uh, But I'm also a priest. I'm also, I want to be loyal to to the bishops and to my my own Catholic community. So, yeah, I went into these negotiations and it's still unresolved. And it's, I don't like it. Because as long as it's not resolved, there's always this possibility that, that there will be um, a proposition which will require me to all of a sudden start producing content for January and February. But it's already, you know, we're all heading towards the end of, of October. So there's not much time left. December is an impossible month to produce, weather-wise, um, but also because of Christmas and uh, a lot of... Uh, People are, are busy with other stuff, and so am I as a priest. <laughs> um, so I'd rather not work over Christmas, um, but finally get some time to have a, a relatively normal month of December instead of this, this high-pressure um, life that I, that I had to have because of the, um, the obligations, uh, the contractual obligations. So it means basically... Any time now, I could suddenly hear that November is going to be just all filming, and I'm not looking forward to that. I'd much rather just be in control of of, of the work that I do and choose it, and maybe I just should. It's it's a hard decision. Should you know? I can see the importance of what I do on Dutch TV, and after all, I'm reaching um, a very engaged. Uh, group of people and and it's you know it's quite a large group I I would say not everybody watches my show every week but in total I must reach a couple of hundred thousand people which is you know it's not bad and it is also in a certain way having a, a it's important for the country as well I want the Catholic 
contribution to society to be visible. And I want people to be aware of what we do and how we live. It's important for for removing misunderstandings and and prejudices and and whatnot. And I, I, I feel the same about other religions as well and other cultural currents. They need to be represented on, on Dutch national TV. If everything turns kind of commercial and it's just entertainment, it's, it's an impoverishment of our, of our culture and of our society. So in that respect, I see the need for what I do. Uh, but to say that it's my favorite thing, maybe not. <coughs> but we'll see. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> ah, this always happens when I have um, cereal for breakfast, <coughs> which I normally don't have. Uh, but sometimes I don't know. Some, something gets stuck in my throat. <coughs> ah, it's this muesli stuff. <coughs> I'm trying to eat as healthy as possible <laughs> in preparation for the marathon. <coughs> Uh, which is the other topic, one of the other topics that I wanted to briefly address. So uh, it's going to happen this Sunday. It's in Rotterdam, and it's going to be tricky to get there in time because it starts at, I think, 10. Um, but I'm quite far away from Rotterdam now, so I need to go by public transport. Um, I'm going to figure that out on Saturday when I'm going to pick up my um, start number. You get your... Um, your ID basically and it has a, a microchip in it one of those near field communication chips so that if you pass the various uh, stages of the race it tracks you <clears throat> so you can't cheat which is not something I was planning on doing <laughs> but some people apparently are um, and then of course the weather is also a little bit uncertain right now the skies are starting to clear up and the sun is starting to shine um, but they predicted even more stormy weather for the days to come. It, for right now, it looks as if Sunday is actually going to be a good day in terms of weather. It's not going to rain, which is my absolute nightmare for running. Because if you, if, if you run in the rain, of course, you get chafing and your, your feet are going to have blisters. Um, it's cold. It's uncomfortable. It's just not the best weather for running. Um, but they also predicted that it's going to be cold. It's going to be like 10 degrees in the morning and maybe a maximum of 13 degrees Celsius. So that's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's on the chilly side. And since I have to take public transport, I can't really take much stuff with me. So last time I ran the Rotterdam and the Amsterdam Marathon, I just took the train in my basically in my running gear I was just wearing shorts and, and a t-shirt and that was it but when it's cold like this I can't imagine running the race and then going back two hours by train or maybe more in just wearing what I've been wearing during the race that's not going to work so I'll need to figure that out <clears throat> I'm ready for it I'm as usual a little bit nervous am I truly did I do enough did I train enough? Uh, the, the thing that is the hardest for me is to force myself to slow down and to trust the process. This last week can add nothing to my overall physical condition. The work has been done. <clears throat> Even if I wouldn't run for an entire week, it would not affect the outcome. It 
could actually benefit the outcome. I need to make sure that I sleep and that I eat healthy and then the rest will just happen. <laughs> we'll just see. Um, but I'm looking forward to running it. For me, it's also a, a, a way to kind of put closure to the uh, this past year of of so many issues. Um, the running has kept me sane in many ways. It has also contributed tremendously to my overall health after suffering from long COVID. It's been the road literally to recovery. And of course, we're not out of the woods yet. I hear from several friends that they've had, um, they have been infected with COVID again, despite their inoculations or vaccinations. But it's not as, usually it's not as, as severe as uh, the first time they got COVID. So I'm just hoping that everything goes well. It's a bit uh, scary to be in Rotterdam with tens of thousands of people at the same time. On the other hand, it's outside. So chances are slim that this is going to be a super spreader event especially when it's when the wind is like this it's probably for the better anyway i'm gonna run it and i'm glad that i can do it i'm thankful that after this in many ways very testing year i'm i I have my energy back and i've lost a ton of weight i'm i'm approaching like the 70 kilos which is I'm I'm lighter than I've been in 15 years. And I and it feels really good. <laughs> when I look in the mirror, I was like, wow, I I really look younger than uh 6 months ago. So that's a that's a good thing, right? I feel younger than I than I felt back then. Um and now of course it's maintenance. It's like when now that we've cleaned up the rectory, it's all about maintenance, it's all about discipline making sure you clean the rooms and clean the um, and stay organized keep it simple ah there's still so much stuff that i need to get rid of because at the end when we were uh moving uh inga and, and hank and i we were just running out of time to sort everything out so now i'm stuck with lots of especially electronic equipment that i don't need anymore I'm back at the rectory, by the way. Uh, ooh, I'm going to get inside. It's, it's wind is super cold. But it's, it's really good to uh, have my health back. And also, to uh, now that the rectory's almost finished, it feels good to finally land in a certain way. It's like I've been traveling to Mars for two years, and now I'm, it's touched down, you know. And now let's hope we don't have to live on potatoes. <laughs> like the Martian um, uh, what else okay and then the final thing <clears throat> which may require <laughs> a whole separate podcast is that this past week I celebrated the 25th anniversary of my priestly ordination um, which is which is great um, uh, we celebrated it on Tuesday since I was in the middle of this move and so busy with other stuff I, I just couldn't organize anything. Um, there's no internet yet. That's the only thing that I still need to uh, arrange for. I do have a little bit of Wi-Fi from the parish, uh, from the coffee room in the parish, but it's not. It's a very weak signal. <clears throat> so I can't do any, you know, online celebrations as well. But I was thinking maybe I can just 
do that a few weeks from now. I mean, it's, it's we're still in the celebratory year, right? Um, the, the, the most important thing for me is to keep it simple also in terms of like not trying to do too much in these times where I just need my energy to, to, to stay afloat. But anyway, on Tuesday, I just piggybacked on Father Henry's um, organizational skills. So we had mass in the morning. In, it's a usual Tuesday morning mass. But there was cake and people had some presents. And then in the evening, <clears throat> one of our fellow ordinance, um, Father Ronald, he's a, a vicar general of the diocese. He joined us for a, for a Greek dinner at a, at a Greek restaurant in Wageningen. It was a really nice day, nothing special, nothing, nothing fancy. Father Henry is going to have a big celebration on Sunday with a pontifical mass and choirs and a huge dinner reception and whatnot. <clears throat> And at first, I was thinking of joining him, uh, and that was months ago, but then I got the notice that the Rotterdam Marathon had been finally um, uh, transferred to, to this upcoming Sunday, so that thwarted all my plans. I was like, man, this, this marathon uh, was, was canceled and, and, and uh, moved up for so many times, I, I need to run it, and I'm, I want to run it. So no, no way for me this Sunday to uh, join Father Henry's celebrations. Um, instead, um, we'll, we'll just do it soon. We'll, we'll do it soon. Let's first get this, uh, this house in order and uh, get some internet. And <laughs> then we'll talk. But anyway, uh, maybe, maybe in the next walk I'll look back on the past 25 years and look ahead a little bit. Um, but I felt that since it was... It's been a while since we uh, talked. I needed to just bring you up to speed on the kind of the the housekeeping stuff uh, that's been going on. So hopefully now you you get an idea, a general idea of um, of the situation. I've not been filming too much or, or uh, taking pictures of the of the rectory at this stage because I I'd rather first finish the uh, furnishing the place and cleaning up and then taking some uh, f- uh, making some footage so you can see it with your own eyes and I'll, I'll do one of those video tours but if I do it now like half of the stuff is not ready yet oh I think this is this group is going to a funeral because I hear the bells of the Protestant church in the center of the town and they all look oh yes that's a funeral procession because you've got the funeral car as well st- they still walk through the streets here um, another thing you wouldn't be able to do in Rotterdam <laughs> Um, but it's nice. Okay, I'm gonna see if there's some coffee left and uh, a stroop waffle, <laughs> and then I'll figure out how to upload this uh, this episode. We'll talk soon. Um, thanks for your patience, <clears throat> and um, see you later. God bless.